Ending news right now. Let's look at what's happened in social media in the last 24 hours. Joining us is Khatebe, uh, social commentator, SABC digital content uh, writer. How are you doing on this Tuesday, Khatebe? I'm good, thanks. And you, how are you? I'm good, yes. I missed you last week. Yes, yes, on, yes, on, yes. Yeah, well, we spoke and on Tuesday. Later, but then later in the week. Yeah, on the, yeah how yeah. have you been? How was the week and all of that? It feels like, I don't know, it feels like I was gone for a long time. I don't know why. It does. It really does. But no, my week was fine. It was fine. Um, yeah, nothing exciting or hectic. Why not? Things must it be was, exciting. It, it, no, it was very quiet <laughs> and productive. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> yeah. We focused here, eh? Yes. We need to be those gals. Let's start with Afghanistan. I mean, I just want to touch on that. I mean, we heard yesterday 42,000 people evacuated from Kabul airport since the end of July. The U.S. Pentagon's Monday briefing, they held a briefing there with uh, General William Taylor addressing the press. They're giving a figure of 77,000. And then the U.K. is also saying 30,000 people have been evacuated. We're getting differing views, but... At the end of the day, people are being evacuated. Are you thinking that this is, you know, at a, a pace that is good? Should this be intensified in terms of getting people out of Kabul? Um, I think it. I'm at two minds about this mm. because how are they deciding who gets to be evacuated and who gets left behind? Because at the end of the day, there are people who are going to be left behind and they will have to sit there and face whatever the Taliban um, is going to do in the country. So, yes, it's great that there are countries stepping up. There are even some African countries that are stepping up, you know, saying they'll evacuate people. But um, how long will this operation last? And... Is it indefinite? Will the country then be left with no people, just the Taliban? So I'm in two minds of, um, I don't know mm. if that's, I think it's a quick solution, but I think a, a lasting solution needs to be found. Um, the Taliban, they are saying they, they won't do anything to harm people. They come in peace, but they were blocking people from leaving, um, you know, blocking some people in the airport. And, the, you know, just the scenes that we're seeing on social media, the pictures, the mm. images, the videos, some people being crushed to death because they're rushing. They want to leave the country. They're scared. Mm. And it's understandable that they are scared. It's just horrible what's happening. And as you say, I mean, one can't really believe the Taliban saying they're doing things in peace and they want to talk and they won't hurt people because they also contradict themselves with the, some of the things they say. I mean, they've warned of consequences if the U.S. and the U.K. don't stick to the deadline of withdrawing troops there after 31st August, which is now now. So one wonders yes. what will happen then after that time. And, and what will that mean also for, as you say, those people who might still be stuck in the airport in Kabul and maybe yes. other areas of Afghanistan? The WHO saying that instead of these planes going into Kabul airport uh, to evacuate people, going in there empty, they should actually be flying in with supplies for those who are still at the airport. What do you think of that resolution? I think that is a good idea because, you know, with some of the things that we've been seeing, as a, people are dehydrated. People, it, There's the heat, there's the stampede, the pushing, dehydration. So, you know, some of the soldiers resorting to using horse pipes um, to water people, to cool them down. You're seeing babies also, you know, with their mm. parents. It's, it's just terrible things. I, I think that's a good idea, um, bringing in humanitarian aid. But 
some, um, I think it was the UN was accused that some humanitarian people or organizations are trying to leave as well because, I mean, they are also fearing for their lives. Yeah, and we're just going to have to, as a world, I guess, come together as a community in terms of integrating then those Afghans in our different countries and making sure they have better lives and start over. But it's just crazy what's going on there. We'll keep monitoring that story. So, uh, hashtag SJN hearings now. Let's talk about that. Uh, the Enoch Ngwe appearing before cricket transformation inquiry. So, the Proteas men's players have been uh, confronting issues raised at Cricket SA, mm. Social Justice and Nation Building here is What are some of these issues being addressed? So the issues that are being addressed, um, you know, people, the, the players, uh, I think mostly it's the players of color, um, have been complaining about racial tension and racial uh, discrimination within the South African uh, cricket team. And it's it's most likely not just the team itself, but you know it can also be the management. So these are the well, actually the main issues of the racial discrimination. You know, a lot of cricket players have been coming out. Uh, last year, Makayantini, you know, spoke exclusively to mm. SABC, detailing and uh, the things that he experienced as a player of color. And then you hear uh, people. Um, speaking also about how they were addressed, the names that they were called, like Paul Adams, uh, derogatory names, being sidelined, not invited to socialize after matches. So it's a lot of, um, you know, information coming up now. And you're seeing people like Mark Boucher now coming and offering an apology, sending a letter and affidavit to the to the hearings, you know, apologizing. But, you know, here's my, my take. Mm-hmm. Are you apologizing because of what has come out in the hearings or is it a sincere apology? And that's the question. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Some people on social media are saying, you know what, it's, it's not good enough. Um, sorry, will not do. And a lot are saying that, you know, these hearings are revealing that there is a lot of racism in Cricket South Africa, but it's not just Cricket South Africa. Um, There were also rugby players who came out last year after Makai and Dini spoke spoke out about racism and the likes of Sia Kulisi saying, yeah, you know what, there are some issues, um, you know, that we are facing in in these national teams. Um, Yeah. And the accusations against uh, Coach Mark Boucher being that he sang or he was named among among a group of players who sang a derogatory song uh, aimed at uh, some, you know, people of color during uh, team celebrations. He did publicly state that he will cooperate and it doesn't seem like he's been fighting in terms of, as you said, he's issued a, 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 an apology, so he's taken ownership. But then the question is, would you have, you know, apologized if this didn't come forward to, to public well, to Cricket Essays, Social Justice and Nation Building Hearings. Dating yes. as back as 19, in the 1990s, though, that's another thing that is of concern to me because that means that so many incidents have gone unnoted. That's true. And another thing that is highlighting is um, the, 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 the allegations which the Cricket Essay have sort of confirmed of um, the assistant coach, the assistant coach to Mark Boucher, Enoch Mkwe resigning um, and, you know, he's stating reasons of he doesn't feel like he's part of the team. He feels like he's sidelined. He doesn't feel like he has a say. So 
You know, when Mark Bach was offering this apology and then his assistant is resigning, uh, citing a lot of issues, um, no, the, the, it's not meeting up with the actions, you know. Um, the apology, it's just words. What mm-hmm. are the actions? There seems to be, though, a spirit of positivity now. Uh, South Africa's limited overs captain Temba Abavuma saying that his experiences since joining the team in 2014 have been positive, and there seems to be a large majority of the guys there who are welcoming the initiative and understanding the apologies and all of that. So in creating then that inclusive and welcoming environment, do you think they're just letting things go and uh, trying to be positive as much as there's still some hurt? There is still some hurt because even with Tamba um, saying what he said, he also admitted um, that, you know, these testimonies have affected the national team. And um, I think it, it will not be an overnight thing. If there have been these things happening for so many years, they are not going to come to an end instantly or overnight. Um, it's It's actually addressing how you view your teammates. If you're going to be racist towards your teammates, um, you don't respect your teammates, then you're not really a team. <laughs> how, yeah. are you, how are you playing together? How are you interacting together? So there's no camaraderie in, in the team. There's no team, actually. It's just a group of players playing together. And the SJN hearings, do you think they will further compromise performance for the Proteas? They are going to be playing Sri Lanka today. What are your thoughts? Um, I don't think they will. I think everything that just comes to light will be addressed. I think, okay, I think that's the good thing about the the hearings, that um, things that were hidden are coming to light. Uh, Issues will be addressed. Um, There's there's no turning a blind eye anymore. No one can say, oh, we didn't know. This was not raised. Now it's being raised. What What is next? What are you going to do? You know, people calling for Mark Boucher to also appear at the hearings and also for Enoch to appear at the hearings so that they can actually detail what is going on. So, you know, when things remain hidden, it's easy for something to just continue and rot. But, you know, when it comes to light, at least, you know, you see where the issues are and you can um, tackle them as, as they come. 20 minutes past four, stay with us, Khatebe. We continue discussing social media in the last 24 hours. You are listening to Asanda Beta on SAFM. Trending topics with Khatebe is where we are at. So let's talk hashtag postbank now. Executives yeah. are being accused there of corruption after plans to privatize come to a halt. There have been some dodgy deals made by executives. What's happening there? Sure. You... you <laughs> You know, since COVID, uh, the pandemic has been hitting us from last year, so many corruption deals and corruption allegations are coming out. So there are whistleblowers at Post Bank mm-hmm. um, that they've laid their IT contracts awarded to executives. Um, the executives are C- former CEO Hans van der Merwe, Acting Chief Information Officer Raymond Marshall, and the head of legal benefit Kumalo. And these dodgy post-bank contracts are, are, are amount to a value of 320 million, Asa, mm. spanning the next three years. So there was a report that was compiled, you know, and these things are coming out as they are trying to, um, you know, approach the South African Reserve Bank for a full banking license, you know, before the end of 2021. 
But yeah, now these um, these allegations are coming forth um, because of a report that was compiled, um, you know, um, because there were whistleblowers, as I mentioned before, and insiders informing the compliance department, you know, of dodgy contracts. It's not fair because you think of the general public and the poor community members and how they are affected by this because Postbank is also instrumental in helping the South African Post Office distribute social grants. So you hear of this money being just, you know, invested in dodgy deals and you and you then get, get questions. I mean, you get answers to those questions around the social grants where there were issues there. Exactly. Because most of these uh, bad contracts relate to the, <coughs> excuse me, the social grants distribution system. Um, you know, the, there was a, some software that was used in November 2020. Um, so it was a five million. It was worth five million. It was bought, and then there was a problem with the software, and then there was also, you know, the uh, things disappearing. More than seven million bank cards last year again. Um, having to be replaced after a security breach. So these dodgy contracts, you know, they, they involve this. And as you are mentioning, this is where our people are getting their social grants it is paid out. So this is very unfortunate. And But we've been seeing it, it's a common trend, as well, you know, yeah. where, where people, executives and politicians or officials are putting in their hands in... In, in contracts that are supposed to be helping people, the PPE contracts, the COVID-19, whatever contracts that come out, tender, fraud, allegations, it's just, it's, it's horrible. And we talk of Oracle software that was, uh, in, you know, allegedly bought for 5 million rand. And I'm like, yes. which software? The one that's always, you know, being used to go offline. Yes, yes. So... And I don't understand how they went for a U.S. software company, um, Oracle, and there should be other ones. And, um, yeah, they they pursued it, prioritized it, regardless of IT reasoning or justification. So, you know, there were obviously some um, issues about it, but, you know, obviously there were some, you know, handshaken, handshake deals, maybe, um you get the system, you get this amount from it. But, mm. you know, they were approached, these executives, to comment. Um, some were like, no, no comment. Postbank will comment on our behalf. And, you know, they're not really saying much anyway. Um, it's saying that on behalf of, of everyone, um, they, 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 they will do lifestyle audits. And, yeah. Mm. But they're yeah. not really addressing... Um, the allegations. And talking about not really addressing the allegations, them speaking about, you know, post-bank management and saying that things will be in accordance with internal policies and yes. procedures. And this thing of internal pro- pro- uh, policies and procedures doesn't really work. Things need to be put to the fore. Things need to be transparent and accountability must be adhered to in terms of as a public matter. I'm yes. no longer, you know, I, I don't know. I don't know if we need to be understanding of internal policies and procedures now. Things need to be externally investigated, and the company's compliance department recommending that external forensic investigation, I think, is the way to go. Internal policies, yes. procedures. We don't know what's going on. Things get swept under the carpet, and corruption yes. continues. That's true. That's true. Uh, and then the people are, are disadvantaged after that. It's the people who suffer after these executives have. Uh, 
taken the money and then they get a slap on the wrist, maybe get suspended or get paid a, a paid out uh, contract to leave the company. They benefit at the end of the day. The people still continue to suffer. Hi, hashtag Zuluish. Let's talk that. And uh, the tweets just, you know, as they always do, <laughs> uh, you know, just ripping this whole thing apart. I mean, here's a, a black owned small company. They've launched yeah. an appliance brand and then people are going to focus on the wrong thing. They have an issue with yeah. the name Zuluish and even yes, linking it do. to tribalism. Why? Why are we like this? I think that you know, it takes a small thing to actually reveal the issues that we have um, in this country. Tribalism is still one of them. Racism is another. Xenophobia is another. But, yeah, tribalism is a big factor in our country. And, you know, there were people coming out to support the brand, saying it's, it's not about um, the tribe. It's his name. But you guys are still wearing overseas brands that use their own surnames. You know, some some mm. are even saying, think about Tepo jeans. Tepo is 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 a Sutu Otswana name, and it's his name. He's named the jeans after him. No one is complaining. You know, um, so I like what the brand did. They tweeted and said Zulu Kasa Sutu Pedi and more. It's for everyone just to boil water with your family. So it's up to you to make it international, and. The Zulu mentioned um, the, the 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 one who Yandi Zulu who launched the the kettle brand. He mentioned that the reason also never mind it being his name, but you know overseas when people hear of South Africa, they they think of Zulu or anything that goes with Shaka Zulu or Zulu. So it also was also a way to appeal to the overseas market as well. That's what he said. And yeah, I mean, how do we go and, and link it to the fact that it's, <laughs> I don't know, tribalism, but it's his name. Yandisa Zulu is his, his name. Makosa yeah. as well. It's, I mean, exactly. is a brand that's doing very well. It's never been an yeah, issue. Yeah, yeah. So some people uh, pointed out that it can't be truly South African, this brand. So it's, it's, it's a kettle that they've launched, but they basically have appliances that they're going to launch in the South African market. But they're saying it can't be truly proudly South African because it's reportedly manufactured in China. But everything is manufactured in China. Exactly. <laughs> Especially for a small I mean, business. I mean, we know how, you know, that works in terms of affordability. You, Asa, thank you for saying that. Remember, there was there's still a brand, Zianda Appliances, when it came out. People complained about the prices. And you, it's, it's almost this thing of, yes, we need to support or buy an, our local brands, but there's always a group that will always complain about something. If it's not the name, it's the pricing. But people do not mind buying an overseas brand that costs more than a local brand. So I think just also priorities. And also I think some people tweet just for the sake of tweeting yeah. and they don't necessarily mean it. They're just inciting some, you know, some funny and excitement. So, yeah. And, yeah, and unfortunately, unfortunately the, but, but unfortunately, you know what happens when people drag you online, it actually does wonders for your brand because now we know Zuluish, a kettle. Yeah. That's a, a brand known by a black-owned businessman, young man. So yes. there we go. There's an upside to that. <laughs> so those who are trying yes. to, to, to be naysayers have done a good job.
Thank you very much, guys. In promoting it. <laughs> yeah, you know. Okay, finally, because we are running out of time, we can go on and oh. on, eh? But we have so much fun. Okay, so... It is. Yes, true. <laughs> um, the, the IEC extending submissions on the nomination mm. of candidates uh, in lieu of Concord case. So it was about with a, a number of hours. It was pushed back from Monday at 5 to Monday at 9 uh, p.m. Yes. Tell us more about this. So this is an it's, it's actually quite extraordinary for a four-hour extension from the IEC, but you know, understandably so, in the sense of um, it, the COVID pandemic has put you know a lot of uh, pause in events and gatherings, where parties some parties couldn't necessarily meet at the right time um, to get you know the candidate list, but deadlines and paying on time are there for for free and fair elections, you know. There are some parties that do not see the extension as free and fair because they submitted their candidates list on time and paid on time. Mm. Um, but some some parties were for it. They were happy about it. And, you know, even the ANC benefited from it. So some parties like Democratic Liberal Congress, they were happy about the extension. And unfortunately, there are some parties, such as the Young People's Party, um, that posted on social media in the afternoon announcing that due to time and financial constraints, they will not be participating in the local government elections. Mm. Unfortunately, the money that's paid then that's needed from the IEC or by the IEC uh, it uh, won't be remedied through non-compliance procedure and the Electoral Commission having until Friday the 27th to notify those political parties or independent candidates who have uh, been part of the non-compliance gang and they're going to yes. lose their money, unfortunately. Yes. Okay, let's leave it there. Thanks so much uh, for joining us. Happy Tuesday to you. Until we chat, uh, oh, I'll see you on Thursday. Thank you so much, Asa. Have a good, blessed day. Thanks so much. Khatebe, uh, SABC digital content writer and social commentator discussing trending topics. What's happened in social media in the last uh, 24 hours? So some of your... Messages then. This one says, Morning, uh, Sister Asa. We missed you big t- Oh, I missed you guys too. Jeremiah from Pulukwane. Thank you so much, fam. Uh, and then also going on to say about the topic, I think if government starts to act harshly, I think death penalty will solve all gender-based violence cases. Things are getting out of hand. No ways. There's also a voice note.